Support for this podcast comes from JCPenney. This holiday, our in-person gatherings may be a bit more intimate, and our virtual ones bigger than ever. But no matter how traditions change, what's most important is celebrating special moments with the people who matter most. JCPenney has all the best gifts all in one place, making it easy to send your warmest season's greetings to loved ones near and far. Looking for the perfect gifts for everyone on your list? We'll be back soon with some of our top gift picks. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Return guest today, Jeff Larson. He is a social psychologist and professor of psychology at the University of Tennessee. Jeff, how are you? Uh, just like everybody else, I'm trying to hang in there. Uh, it, it, feels yeah. like, it feels like the 13th Sunday in a row. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, Sunday's not such a bad day. <laughs> yeah, so, Sunday's uh, – we're done with Mondays. We don't have we're Mondays done? anymore. Yeah, no more Mondays. That's great. No more Mondays. No more yeah. Mondays, no more Fridays. I've got kids anyway, so I haven't had Fridays in a while. Sunday's a pretty yeah. good day. No, no Wednesday hump day. Um, uh-huh. Just, uh, just nothing but Sundays. No, they're, they're suspecting there's going to be a baby boom. So you know, as far as the hump day thing. Oh, you know, I was, I was really hoping a time like this was going to make people be like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe now's not the best time to be making more, more kids <laughs> until things settle down a little I, bit. I, I, but, I agree completely. You know, actually, I did read though. Well, so, so another day we can talk about climate change. Yeah. Um, so I, I teach a whole class on psychology of climate change. No, um, I mean, we, we got the time. What a, we can take this conversation anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, there's evidence that I believe it's in Bangladesh um, that uh, as, as, the, as the sea level is rising, which is really problematic for Bangladesh because the average height above sea level of Bangladesh is about this much, right? Um, but so what you're seeing, and of course, this is a place where there's arranged marriages. Uh, and so what you're seeing is that uh, daughters um, are being married off even younger than they used to be. Um, because it's expensive to have children now because you're not making as much money because the sea level's rising and your livelihood is falling. And so we're, you know, really birth rates should be going down, but at least in Bangladesh, they're going up um, and just exacerbating the problems that uh, this nation is already having. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Huh. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's uh, it, it's this is going to be an interesting time for uh, for raising awareness for global warming. And now that um, now that people are are realizing that that we can't just expect the life in the world to keep on going the way that it's used to all of the yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, certainly in the short run. Um, we're certainly, I got it. I haven't looked at it, but surely carbon emissions are down, right? Yeah. Um, and so from one perspective, obviously that's great because carbon emissions are why we're having this, uh, uh, climate change. On the other hand, carbon, carbon emissions are what makes life really pleasant. That's why we're talking to each other, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so there's these multiple perspectives. Um, you know, I had, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this, uh, and yet I'm doing it to all, what, 84 of your listeners? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you know, I have no, <laughs> in any event. I, I, 
Well, I, on, I'm new to YouTube, so on YouTube, if I have 84 people, that, that'll be great. But yeah, my, my audio podcast has a lot more listeners, and unfortunately, okay. you're going to have a bunch of uh, visual. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> uh, well, let's turn you into an internet sensation here by having a scintillating conversation about yeah. a novel by Dan Brown, right? The Da Vinci yeah. Um, but so, uh, you know, these, these novels are trashy, but, you know, they're real page turners. But he had this novel, and I don't remember what it was called, but the whole point was that there was this diabolical genius uh, who had invented this uh, this the, the, this poison or something that, that sterilized. Once you put it into the water, uh, uh, the water source or whatever, um, that it's going to sterilize half of the people. Mm. So they're never going to have kids. And so, you know, he's this evil genius. Only, only at the end do you realize that he's actually got this extremely noble goal of reducing, uh, of, of reducing the birth rates. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, none of us want to go that route, um, but it was, it was a pretty fascinating twist that, you know, some evil genius like that will actually have, if they were to come around, would actually have... Um, uh, they would increase the well-being of future generations immensely, but yeah. of course, at the cost of of you know sterilizing half of the current population. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think that there's like very practical birth control measures that that, that we could uh, start yeah. start teaching people. We could yeah, have and we're all free birth control them, for right? all. What's we're, up? And we're so good at employing birth control, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Well, there's, I mean, uh, there, there's, there's been a, a history of forces of, of people being against birth control. Yeah. We, we well, do... enforced sterilization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. People are, people are going to need to start um, uh, reassessing some of their some of their uh some of their beliefs i i mean uh, uh, there there's a lot of people that that still want to go to to church right now because they believe this is this is the rapture and this mm-hmm. is actually a good thing so whatever mm-hmm. you can do to to hasten <laughs> to uh, to hasten the spread of, of this is going to uh is going to help um bring jesus back so that we yeah. go to a <laughs> go to a new world and um and so so it, it's it's going to be hard to get everyone on the same page of yeah. like hey here's uh <laughs> here, we all need to physical distance from one another um, yeah just, no matter what our beliefs are yeah. uh, uh, neat that you have faith in something but um <laughs> we're, we're gonna yeah. have to have a little more um pragmatic thinking in I get it. You know, I'll, I went to a, a Christian high school. Yeah. You know, we had Bible class every day. And the two years, at least, the same guy who taught biology also taught Bible. So, you know, kind of an interesting juxtaposition. It wasn't always clear which of the two classes you were in. Um, but so now I've got uh, a Facebook friend from high school who actually has been talking about this being the rapture. Um, well, I say I, I have a Facebook friend. I think as of yesterday, we're no longer Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, in any event, and I've heard the second hand that Liberty University uh, is open for business. Yeah. Um, and so that's really something. Yeah. 
I know we didn't plan on talking about this, but it's just, uh, it, you know, I, I'm, uh, it's, it's something that I was, I was just thinking about recently because I've, I've seen people talking about this and it's just like, well, if you're excited about the end times, uh, <laughs> that's you're, you're only going to hasten them. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, this is, uh, let's get, let's get into some of what, what we're actually going to talk about. All right. Um, and uh so so one the the reason why i wanted to have you on is well one because you come to all of my shows every time that that i'm I'm through the area so that's a good way of gaining favor from me um but uh but i i just really want to show people that um the the way in which science in all different disciplines shapes the lens through which uh, a given person views all of life and mm. uh, and having this this pandemic which is kind of the same experience in a way for for all of the world this is this global thing that we're all dealing with and I just kind of want to show people that that everyone has just such a different way of of looking at it and and at a time when everyone's looking into you know well what are the what are the virologists do? Everyone's just like, well, we just got to cure this thing. And that's what yeah. this is all, all of a sudden everyone's like, I guess science is important. Do they have a cure for this thing? Yeah. How do we make it? <laughs> I want to yeah. show people that there's a, there's a whole lot of other factors too, that we need to start thinking about. And, and so, so you being someone that studies emotion <laughs> and, and has an understanding of, of uh, how, um, humans react in different situations. I think that's important. But then you also, you also teach your students. Um, you were telling me through email that you teach your students about exponential growth, something yeah. that we've actually never talked about on the podcast. And kind of, um, uh, I, I guess, I guess in the science is a fairly basic concept, but to the to the rest of the population, in, including myself, it's not it's not the most intuitive idea. Right. Yeah, right. I think. Um, you know, you think about this disease, this pandemic, and it's the result of a virus, right? This tiny little thing that we've ever never seen before. And it's the result of this, of the behavior of the virus, of, of what it does. And, you know, it, and, you know, you can't even kill a virus because it's not alive, right? It's just this little packet of, of DNA. Um, and its behavior is, of course, destructive. But it's not just virology it's not just about the behavior of of a virus it's about the behavior of people right it it, right. it, it it's it's the way that we are living our lives and the way that we have always lived our lives that leads um, a virus to spread um, and so as soon as we're talking about the behavior of people we are talking about psychology and, uh, you know, of course, when we all think about psychology, we think about the psychologist, the person who helps other people feel better. Uh, and, you know, this is applied psychology. It's a really important domain of psychology. Um, but there's also basic psychology, right? Basic psychology that just helps understand how ordinary people make sense of the world and behave um, and, and how they do these things in ordinary circumstances, but also in extraordinary circumstances and of course right now what we're dealing with is extraordinary circumstances and so the fields of cognitive psychology the fields of social psychology which is what i am have a whole lot to say uh, 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 
about um, why people are behaving the way they are and why people are thinking the wrong things and feeling the wrong things. And it's our thoughts that are, and our feelings that are leading to behaviors that are uh, unhealthy, not only for us, but more important for the people around us. Right. right? Um, I mean, emotions kind of being these, these evolved um, uh, drives that we have that um, motivate us in, in um, a lot of different ways. And, the, and I think what, what's really tricky about that is, is emotions have been shaped over a long amount of time. We have these heuristics. We have these rules of thumb that yep. we that we that we use that kind of broadly um, apply to a fair number of situations and right. and allow for some mistakes here and there and and um, kind of uh, go what works the best in in the most normal of scenarios. Right. And now you you have a situation that is exceptionally abnormal and not to mention we are already living in a world that we that we didn't evolve in and aren't That's terribly exactly right. well adapted for and then on top of that um you know people have a people have a lifetime building habits and living life in a in a certain way right. and now all of a sudden the the rug is getting pulled out from under us yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, speaking of, of fear uh, and, you know, on, on Facebook for a, a week or so, you, you know, I've got a little corner of my own Facebook feed with uh, friends from high school. And so in just reading their their posts, actually really just that that one guy who I don't think is any longer <laughs> a Facebook friend. Um, in, in uh, by, the, by the way, and, and this, yeah. the, the part of the reason why I, why I bring that up is – and I don't, I don't want to get too distracted. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on like religious people or something right. like that, or, or we are, but you know, you know, I, I called out of, out of curiosity. I, I had a four day drive getting back from LA to Wisconsin. And I called one of those billboards that was like eight, eight, four truth or whatever that you see all over the country, not as a practical joke or anything. I was just genuinely curious. Yeah. Um, I told the guy I was genuinely curious. I told the guy that I, you know, I was raised religious, but I don't have those beliefs. And I was just mm -hmm. curious, like what they're telling people yeah. at this time. And the guy that told that was a very reasonable seeming intelligent enough seeming person told me that what he's been telling people is that the reason why this is happening is the reason why all suffering is happening is because Adam and Eve sinned mm -hmm. and we're all sinners and that the rapture is coming and that true believers are going to get to go to the new world. So, so he's actually excited. So people that are down and out and desperate and looking for answers there may be calling this number, you know, this exceptionally popular billboard trying to get answers. And this is the answers that, that people are being told. Yeah. And I mean, in, in a world where we're, we're now making laws where you can go to jail for trying to sell some supplement that you're, you know, you're saying like, Hey, we have a cure for Corona right now. Take my snake oil. Uh, you know, we have laws against that, but, but you can have people call in trying to get advice from people in positions of authority, and this is what they're hearing. And mm -hmm. now wonder people aren't, you know, 
aren't distancing themselves and, and gathering and, and going into churches and making this situation so much worse. So, mm-hmm. it, so anyway, back to your, back to your Facebook friend. I, I just want people to know that this is not like one isolated incident or you picking out like, you know, mm-hmm. one crazy person to pick on things. This is a legitimate issue. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, I, I'm being kind of flippant here because, uh, you know, uh, right. talking with it, you about it. Yeah. I'm a comedian. Um, but as a former believer, yeah. um, you know, in high school, I, I believed, uh, in the rapture Yeah, and I, you know, I, I believed the idea that as, as the apostle Paul said, it could be any day. All right. Um, and actually, the Apostle Paul, if, if you look, oh, they, we're just going everywhere here. I, I, I guess I'm going to be a, well, there's all sorts. Of, there's all By sorts the of, way, I love the way this conversation is going. The, so. You know what? There are so many lay epidemiologists right now who just like, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, is, there, is like Khan Academy doing some bachelor's to PhD in epidemiology in a week? If so, that would explain a lot of what's going on in social media, right? right. Um, but so I'll let all the lay epidemiologists do their thing, and maybe I'll be sort of a lay uh, theologian here for a second. Right. Um, and, you know, the Apostle Paul, if you, if you read his epistles, he was actually, he, he thought that Jesus really could be coming any day, right? Yeah. Like, like we're going to see him again and, and, and the rapture and all the rest. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you can almost imagine that over the course of the past 2,000 years, people would be saying, wait a second, if Paul had it wrong back in 44 AD, and if those other fellows had it wrong back in 862, you know, maybe we've got it wrong as well, right? And, And so what this tells us, I think, is that these people aren't crazy, even though it can seem like it. I mean, the fact of the matter is I think all of us are crazy at times. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the fact that this has been happening over and over again, and of course, we're not just talking about Christianity. Uh, at, right? Aztec calendars. Yeah, uh, that's know, exactly right. just happened with the 2012 thing, the, you know. Um, yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I remember Y2K, you know, there, right. there's plenty of... Uh, um, you know, not non-believers out there, scientifically minded people that were that were worried about Y two K being the end of times. Yeah, sort of the technological well. version. The the, right. the it was like the version for the, uh, the the TED Talk crowd before there was a TED Talk, right? Right. Um, and uh, so so the fact that we're seeing this among so many people, so many cultures over such a long period of time tells us that it's not something that's crazy that's unique to some individuals it tells us that it's human nature yeah um yeah absolutely and and it's human nature uh you know there's been some really great work oh shoot you got to talk to this guy sometime uh uh, i don't remember his name right now uh send it to me later yeah 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 but he does this great work on the evolution of of religion the evolution of the belief in god um Um, yeah i'm I'm very interested in that. Yeah. And, you know, it makes sense, right? Because, like, imagine you're, uh, you know, you're uh, on the savannah and it's, uh, you know, human beings are evolving. And one of the things about human beings is that we're these meaning-making machines. Mm -hmm. We are these meaning-making machines. We can look at the world and make sense of it. We can say, why did this happen? Oh, it's because of this, right? Mm -hmm. And that serves us really well. But 
we are such meaning-making machines that sometimes we overdo it, yeah. right? So I can't do it now. I don't know where you are if you have a window. It's just sort of overcast here in Knoxville, Tennessee, in case you were hoping for the weather uh, forecast. Um, <laughs> but so sometimes there will be like the big puffy white clouds, and I'll look up and I'll say, hey, that's a mouse. Oh, and look. Yeah. There's, a, there's right. a cat chasing the mouse, right? right? So we see these patterns. We see meaning that just isn't there. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Trend Micro. At CDW, we get that patch-together security can leave gaps in protection. I patch things together all the time, like this broken desk chair. Some duct tape, good as new. Orchestrated by CDW, Trend Micro Cloud One provides unified protection and better visibility across cloud services. It's all in one cloud security that can hold its own. Okay, want to buy some gently used office furniture? No thanks. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash trend micro. Yeah. Um, so now imagine, you know, you're, you're, you're on the savannah and, and you don't understand much about how the big picture world works. And all of a sudden there's an earthquake. Right. How do you make sense of that? Right, there right. must be some powerful force leading. What else? could lead the earth to sh- do what it just did. Had to be some supernatural force. You have no idea of tectonic plates and what, I, I'm not a volcanologist, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So you have to make meaning of things. And- yeah, well, and, and, also, uh, and also humans are, are great at um, kind of dramatizing and romanticizing so more kind of nuanced, evolved, uh, th- like much in the way love is an evolved bonding mechanism, you know, as, yeah. we, have, as we have societies, as we have culture. We, yeah. we start inventing things that are like, like marriage, for example, yeah. that, that we make up, but it's, but, it, but it's just kind of an expression of this, of this little uh, instinct in the, in the same way. I think religion is probably just a, a complicated expression of, of our, uh, uh, many of our desires to think of this higher power, this thing that, that probably uh, have, having these bigger subjective concepts that we're able to, um, the bond over potentially as as the the book sapiens that's all the rage right now oh that's make, amazing book yeah tries to make the case for and um and and i mean i i think that um i think that us uh, being a a little on edge about um about the world ending is is probably because we evolved in in smaller bands of people where their their world could come to the uh, to an end a, any, right. a, any day these and small so societies be, uh, creating stories the, these these stories are just you know metaphors and expressions for these yeah. these actual um these actual issues so so it, it will be it will be nice for i, I think for people to um, to eventually assess things and tease apart what is a metaphor and what is a reflection of, of reality, I guess is the, is the um, only point I'm trying to make in terms of, uh, in, in terms of what, when, when all of science and all of culture is, is saying something like, hey, the game just changed, uh, new rule, we all need to social distance, um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it doesn't matter 
it doesn't matter what your belief system is, whether you go to a church or really like playing basketball or mm. just really like hugging people like, well, sorry, yeah. <laughs> hugging people's great under normal conditions. That's terrific. But yeah. we just can't do that right now. Yep. Kind of flies in the face of, of uh, more than a couple of dozen a month's worth of evolution, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. it does. So, uh, so why don't you tell people about exponential growth a little bit, or or do you want to start with Tier? Yeah. All right. So, so I'll, I'll just go through the question, and then and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. So, in a lake, there's a patch of lily pads. Every day, the patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long would it take for the patch to cover half of the lake? Ooh. Okay, so it's uh, that would be 47 days. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. And, and here's why you nailed it. The reason why you nailed it is because, you know, you already knew that we were talking about exponential growth. growth. Yeah. And when I asked the question, you thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You looked off into space right. and you're running my, some numbers in your head. My, an instinct might have been to say 24. Exactly. Um, And and so uh, that quick response is 24. Right. Um, And yet you you realize that it's a math problem and it's a bit more of a complicated math problem than it seems, right? Um, This was, uh, this lily pad problem is actually from something called the cognitive reflection task uh, that Shane Frederick and Danny Kahneman developed, uh, I don't remember the year, um, around 2000 or so. Um, and what it highlights, uh, is, is that really we have two ways of thinking about math problems, just like we have two ways of thinking about, uh, lots of things. Um, there's the more thoughtful intellectual route, which is what you engaged in and, and everyone watching on YouTube saw you engage in. It took time. I like to think I'm getting a standing ovation. Uh, <laughs> at home. He Here, did it. No, should I clap again? No, I'm just glad as as someone that fancies them. Math was the only subject I was ever good at in school, so that also that also helped me out uh, a a little a little bit there. But um, so 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 anyway. um, So so even though your controlled cognitive processes, you know, you you consulted them and you let them work through the math, and they said forty seven. You also had that gut reaction. And yeah. that gut reaction told you, well, half of the lake, oh, and half of 48, 24, right? Yeah. Uh, and so um, oftentimes our controlled cognitive processes, the tip of the iceberg stuff that we're aware of, as well as our automatic cognitive processes, the stuff below the surface that we're not aware of, they give us different answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this particular case, your your controlled cognitive processes, intellectual ones, are giving you the right answer, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always the case. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, you think carefully about something, and, and that'll actually lead you astray. Um, yeah. But when it comes to math problems, when it comes to math problems, it's your controlled cognitive processes that lead you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is that, well, there are any number of problems. One is that we don't always realize that math problems are math problems. Um, Two, 
um, we don't always realize, even if we do say, oh, this is a math problem, which of course everybody did here, um, you don't necessarily know what the correct equation is, right? You've got to understand, oh, there's an exponent in here, right? Um, and so you end up going with your automatic cognitive processes that might have a, a simpler equation in mind. And in this case, it's the incorrect equation in mind. I mean, I guess, so probably the equation that's going on here isn't going to be days squared. Instead, it's going to be, I suppose, two times day. So multiplication, right? My daughter, uh, younger daughter is in uh, fifth grade right now. Of course, home at home because we all are. Yeah. But she's kind of working on multiplication and she can get it. Yeah, right? yeah. But if I were to draw a little tiny two <laughs> above one of these numbers, she'd be like, "That's what are you talking about, Dad? This is not right. right? Not quite so there. in any event, um, so, um, so we know it's a math problem, that, but we're giving the wrong, uh, we're using the wrong function. Uh, and as a result, we are coming up with the wrong answer, right? Um, but of course, who cares about this lily pad? Who cares about this lake? It's not even a real thing. It's just a figment of a psychologist's imagination. But it tells us important things about how people think and how people think wrong and how people think correctly. But now let's turn to something that is real and that matters. Okay, well, this was supposed to be the big reveal here. Oh, what I okay. Was gonna show you first. So um, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my hand over the figure on the left, and since I can't see it, then nobody else can either. What I wanted to do was just show you the figure on the right. And, and, and you can see the exponential function here, right? What you can see is that there were quite a few cases on March the 22nd. These are the data from yesterday, and it's only updated at noon. Uh, so if I were to have come back at midnight and gotten these data, you know, the figure would have been a lot higher. But, you know, we're seeing this exponential growth. But you're also looking at the y-axis, and you say, look, it was only 9,000 cases. And of course, that's 9,000 uh, uh, people who are sick and they're at home and that's rough and their parents or their, their family members might get sick and that's rough. Um, but look how many people have the flu right now. And I don't know the number, but I know it's a lot more than 9,000. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of makes sense that people are a lot more concerned about the flu than the, than the coronavirus because a lot more people have the flu, right? Right. But... The flu doesn't grow exponentially, right? Right, right. Instead, the flu grows. Uh, uh, yeah, the flu, I don't know what the exact function is, right? Um, but the big reveal here was supposed to be, okay, so yeah, there were 9,000 cases yesterday. You know, it's, it's a lot less than there were the flu. But look at these data that were, uh, uh, this is the curve. You probably can't read it here, but the scale starts in January the 20th, and it ends at March the 12th. So I showed this to my class the last day before I ever saw them, you know, the last day before spring break. And, and I said, look at this function. It's the exponential function. And look here at the y-axis. Uh, people probably can't see this, but whereas uh, the- It says the 300? Yeah. The top of the scale for yesterday is 9,000 new cases. The mm -hmm. top of the scale back in March the 12th was only 300 new cases. And so that- it really puts it into perspective. If you're back over here, you can see where's March the 12th. Uh, it's, it's, it's way back down here, 
doggone it, I really hate Zoom sometimes because it doesn't let me move stuff out of the way that I want it to move out of the way. Um, but it's just going to be there. Okay. We're, um, we're, all, some... we're all learning. This, this, <laughs> new, this new video conferencing world that we're yeah. all a part of, I'm, right. I'm scrambling all of a sudden to – Oh my gosh! This is uh, 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 this uh, a lot. A lot of people have a lot worse. Um, yeah, problems. I know. First world problem. This, but, yeah, but, exactly. But this is just like um, uh, of of all of all the things to have to worry about right now. Uh, yeah. uh, the the technology stuff is just kind of like a very straw that breaks the camel's back kind yeah. of kind yeah. of that's right. Yeah. yeah, we got this exponential function. A lot a lot of people got sick today, and a lot more are gonna get sick tomorrow. But damn it, but PowerPoint my, isn't working the way I want it to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know Pete's the, Pete McGraw's thing. Uh, well, and he of course borrowed, borrowed it from Mel Brooks. Let me make sure I get the order right, because as you know, as a comedian, the order is, is really important. What did Mel Brooks say? Comedy is when I stub my toe. Yeah. Tragedy is when you fall down a well and die. Yeah. Did I get that right? You probably know the quote. It's something, it's something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, I remember when I went through, when I went through breaking my feet and all of the, I was like changing my own dressing after a foot surgery and had a bone infection and was worried about losing a foot and was like having trouble on crutches and, and showering without getting infected. And it was like, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was very, um, it, it was a very, very dark time riddled with all sorts of problems and stressors. And mm -hmm. I was managing it all quite well. And I, and I remember quite clearly this day having to go out to a show and going and putting my, my shoe on and, you know, the little loop on the back of the shoe to help, uh, to help you uh, put it on. Yeah. Um, that snapped as I was putting my shoe on and I just started breaking down. <laughs> And and crying. And it's all, it's you started all, crying. Yeah, you're a comedian, man. You gotta go make people laugh. I know, I know. But, but, but the the point is, is like it, it, it is. It's like those tiny little unexpected things that like yeah, yeah. that you don't think of that really just break our <laughs> break our will when you're like managing everything. Okay, I got the supplies. Okay, we're all hunkered down. Okay, mm -hmm. we've sanitized everything, and then you go, ah, now my Wi-Fi is not working. What else could go wrong? <laughs> that, yeah, it's the, the end of the world. The Nothing else. That's the stuff that's really going to uh, uh, to make us all lose our sanity. That's right. That's right. And so what? That brings up the other thing, right? Uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. What Carol Burnett said that. I don't know who said that, but uh, yeah. In any event, so yeah. Now you can laugh about it. Right. Uh, how'd the show go? Show. Did you kill? Oh, that that I was going uh, out to that time. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I think I went out. It was like an open mic in L.A., mm -hmm. and I think I just complained about how miserable my life was for a while in what I thought was a funny way. But <laughs> I have a dark sense of humor, and um, and I, it was a, uh, it was I got so I, if I remember rightly, I got. Uh, uh, rightly uh, correctly i i think that i um got some some laughs in a lot of oh which isn't which isn't always what you're going for yeah it, it like turned into a hallmark movie or something right 
Yeah, this is a different situation because this is like, I, I, I think a lot of people are going to be more willing to laugh at um, at a pandemic, e e even though even though the cost is higher, yeah. is because because laughter is very therapeutic for people, and we're all going through the same thing. Like it, it yeah. doesn't matter it doesn't matter what joke I I make. Yeah. I'm not I'm not happy that there's a pandemic <laughs> happening. You know, we're we're all we're all in this together. We're all uh, we're all suffering through this. We all have people that we know being. Yeah. Uh, horribly affected by this and we're all concerned and and at, at the end of the day um it's i i think it is going to be an interesting time for um for comedy because mm -hmm. never have so many of us gone through such a common um uh situation that that yeah. we we're all struggling through and, and needed a bit of a psychological relief from time to time yeah well so it's gallows humor right yeah and um, you know what? Well, th this is a topic for another time, but I I'm curious as to how our friend Pete McGraw's theory uh, is going to deal with uh, Gallo's humor. But in any event, uh, yeah. let's. Um, uh, I, by yeah, the way, I, I don't I don't mind skipping all around. So <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm a tangential thinker anyway. But all right. Yeah, so so, so back back to the PowerPoint. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, all right. So if you're doing the math the correct way, you say, oh yeah, in the grand scheme of things, 9,000 new cases on March the 22nd um, isn't a big deal. It's a lot less than flu. We don't want to, definitely don't want to make public policy over 9,000 people being sick in isolation. We don't want to shut down the economy. Um, but the, the thing about math, or the thing about life. 18,000. Yeah, the thing about life is that we can't just look at individual data points in isolation. Yeah. We've got to use them to predict the future. And we use the current situation and compare it with what was going on the day before or the week before in order to make as best a prediction we can about what's going to happen tomorrow and the day after, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, really, that's what so much of life is about, is about making predictions about what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And usually we do a pretty good job of it, right? Um, and yet here our intuition about what's going to happen tomorrow uh, is, is wrong. You know, um, your intuition, my intuition if, if we're not using the exponential function, we're going to be wrong. And so that's going to uh, uh, affect the way we, um, the, the, the degree to which we support social distancing and shutting down the economy and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Because um, the next line on that graph will be 18,000 and the next line after that will be Yeah, I mean, I've sort of had 000. this... I've sort of had this morbid force fascination where I kind of, you know, I've got the, I've got the link and I just click on it every day. And, you know, it's just, you know, I told my students, I said, look, you know, there were about a hundred people. No, there, there were probably about 50 people in the room. And, and I said, okay, what are you doing on spring break? Where are you going? And, and so many of them said Florida. And I said, come on, please don't. Cause you see this number that's 300. 
it's going to be bigger tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Yeah. And I, I hope I changed some minds and they didn't go to Florida. Yeah. Um, but I know that some did. All right. Now they're, now they're back in Knoxville and, you know, so, uh, so in any event, uh, we see yeah. people making bad, bad decisions due right. to um, understandable, but none, nonetheless incorrect math. Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saleti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's JCPenney here, back with some great gift ideas for everyone on your list. And they're all available now at your local JCPenney or online. Need gifts for her? Check out our selection of diamond jewelry that's sure to put a sparkle in her eye. Or help her cozy up at home with pajama separates and super soft slippers. For him, try JCPenney's grooming products, like shave sets and trimmers. Or compliment his style with smart flannels and jeans from brands like Arizona, Levi's, and more. Also, stop by Sephora inside JCPenney to find top fragrances for both him and her. For the kids, shop this year's must-have toys and games for all ages. Or bring smiles to all with matching sleepwear sets for the whole family. And for everyone else on your list, share some warmth with a heated blanket, an ultra-cozy scarf, or let them decide with a gift card. There are so many ways to share the joy this holiday season, and so many ways to shop JCPenney. Visit a store near you, pick up curbside, or go to jcp.com. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. So it seems like this is, um, in my lifetime, um, probably the single most important time for people to hone their skills at um, cognitive reflection tasks, to to hone their ability to create space between, um, uh, between when they feel something and when they act on it and turn on that, that system to that, that slower um, thinking brain a little bit Mm -hmm. more and sit back and, think and problem solve a little Mm -hmm. more before taking action it seems like it's also going to be the hardest time for people um to do that when this is this is such a i i I don't want to um create a false dichotomy between um emotions and thinking Mm -hmm. as as they're uh both um interconnected but um but you know, just just the amount of of stress um, that people are experiencing right now, I would think, is going to inhibit their ability to uh, to pause mm-hmm. and uh, and assess things for a little while before uh, taking action. You know what? You're being too pessimistic about this. I've got a very easy solution. Yeah. The easy solution 
is to go with the experts. Yeah. Right. Whew. Well, now there you, you go. Fire, you just fired up my. Well, you just fired up my pessimism even more. Uh, well, no, okay. Well, now, now that of course requires choosing the correct experts. Right. Um, and you know the experts that you and I are choosing are the epidemiologists. Right. You know, uh, uh, they tell me. Uh, you, you, well, when you were out here for the first time and you did the show uh, at Oak Ridge. You had this mathematical biologist named Nina Pfefferman. I'm having her back on the show. Wonderful. That's great. I'm so glad to hear that. And her talk just blew me away, right? Um, because, uh, you know, if I could, she, she basically, so, so, so Shane does this thing. Well, you, you, you've told, I suppose everybody already knows, but why don't you tell, tell them what, you know, what, uh, what your show is real quick. In case they don't know. Oh yeah, sorry. My my show uh, my show Stand Up Science is a half comedy half science show that I've been touring around with, where I have two scientists and a second comedian on every show for a show that's half comedy sets and half um, uh, academic talks, science talks, um, and then we blend it all together in the end for a fun and informative uh, Q and A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Nina Pfefferman, I'd never met her. I still haven't met her. Her office is probably about a hundred yards from mine, but you know, we live in these completely different worlds. She's a mathematical biologist and you know, she, she, she worked on all the big, uh, you, you know, like, um, um, when there are outbreaks, uh, uh, around the world, she, she does the math. And what was fascinating about her talk is that she was able to take the math that she does and put it on a PowerPoint slide. Mm -hmm. And in the space of 20 minutes, she walked an entire audience of, you know, smart, but people who don't know the first thing about epidemiology. And she was able to explain how it works. Mm -hmm. And it was just fascinating. And I was sitting there thinking, gosh, you know, my seventh grader could follow this. And it was just so beautiful. Right. And, 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 and so, you know, then you might be tempted to say, oh, yeah, it was so easy. I can go and do the epidemiology myself. But no, because you realize that the reason why she was able to make it so simple is because she is such an expert and she has been thinking about this stuff for so long, this remarkably complicated stuff for her to have the knowledge to boil it down, to explain it to a layperson. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so... Um, so you, you just end up with this great respect for the right. entire field. And you don't trust individual scientists, but you tr when there is a consensus among scientists, that's what you trust, right? You mm -hmm. take that to the bank. Um, and, and so, you know, so, so what the expert epidemiologists are telling us about coronavirus is very clear. Mm. Um, and, you know, I look around. I don't know anyone who is sick. I look outside and things look pretty normal. Uh, and, and so my gut, my gut tells me that everything's normal. Mm. Um, but my gut is wrong, just like it's wrong about the lily pads. Um, and what is right isn't so much the product of my own controlled cognitive processing. It's the result of the epidemiologists. Yeah. And so my job and the job of every responsible citizen is to defer to the scientific consensus when there is one yeah yeah absolutely I, I mean it's um that's a wonderful point again going back to having to drive from la um to wisconsin which was like you know 
a, a very nerve-wracking drive at the time. I was like, our gas station's going to close. Our hotel's going to close. I need to get back. I was, I was kind of behind on, on the game. I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't take this, um, uh, uh, enough precautions. I wasn't monitoring things, um, closely enough. And so, um, and and a lot of a lot of the things that I'm interested in are how much people overreact and panic in most every other situation in all in all of life, and so I've been influenced by that. But anyway, the the point is is that you know my drive back. If if you would have like Men in Black erased my memory and just uh, had me interpret the scene that I was actually doing. Um, it was like, well, look at this beautiful day driving through the desert with nice weather and there's hardly a car on the road and just one of the most fantastic scenic drives in in the world and uh, uh, it doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> but, but, but then if you look at the context yeah. of why those roads are empty, it's yeah. absolutely horrifying. So... Right are going to have to um, uh, uh, start factoring in the context of the situation rather than uh, just trusting what their what their eyes are telling them yeah and you know you talked about fear earlier and fear evolved um, mm -hmm. and it evolved to deal with the kind of threats that as you mentioned uh, you know on the savannah they had to deal with. And those were things like snakes and they were things like predators, right? The, the, oh, by the way, can I take my PowerPoint down now? Is it, I don't have anything else. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, great, because. Uh, no, you must leave your PowerPoint. Uh -oh, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> Where are you? There you are. No, I'm still not back to you yet. Where is my Zoom? Here we go, okay, good. Um, all right, good. So this is a real this is a real opportunity for some for some company to put together a video conferencing thing that is so easy and so intuitive that um, that that someone that has no computer experience can understand because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's tech savvy people struggling right now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so anyway, uh, right. So we evolved to be afraid of predators and right. we evolved to be afraid of the things that are right in front of us. Um, we didn't evolve to be afraid of, 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 of viruses. Um, that, well, actually, I guess we, we sort of did, but we didn't have time. We didn't evolve to be afraid of viruses that are starting, you know, half a world away. And, and the, uh, the evolved, um, uh, tools that we do have for say disease avoidance, Mm -hmm. are you know picking up on cues of illness yeah. from others and and like you said when it's half a world away um and we can't physically see someone um coughing and um right. choking on their own lung fluids right in front of you um it might not seem as horrifying as it actually is and uh and then when you have a then when you have a, a virus that is, um, uh, you know, non there's a lot of non-symptomatic people and carriers or it has a, um, it has a, a longer um, um, incubation yeah. um, time than, than a lot of something like, say, a common cold or something like that. That's right. 
we just there we don't we don't have a we don't have a toolkit for that yeah, yeah, you did a much better job of retracting my incorrect statement than I did, right? Yeah, we, we not only did we evolve to avoid predators, but also when you see someone right in front of you who's sick, yeah, uh, you know, obviously that person might get you sick and 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 the like. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, you 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 nailed it exactly. And so what what I've been thinking about is that just like there are two types of cognitive processes. Um, there should be two kinds of fear. There's that gut fear that comes from seeing a predator or uh, seeing someone who's sick right in front of us. Um, you know, so that'd be the sort of automatic kind of fear to go back to our two types of cognitive, of cognitive processes. Um, but there should be another fear and that is the more uh, uh, the, the fear that comes from our controlled cognitive processes. Um, I might, you know, I might call it intellectual fear. It is the fear of looking at a graph. The fear that comes from looking at a graph and looking at what's on the horizontal axis, axis, and looking what's on the vertical axis, right? Mm. And looking at the pattern and saying, "Oh." this is bad. I'm afraid. Mm. Um, and then, you know, just like, um, the, the primordial fear that the, the regular fear we all uh, know, uh, hopefully it leads us to act correctly. Right. Mm. It, of course it doesn't always, right. Sometimes we get eaten. <laughs> um, but you know, hopefully it leads us to flee when we should freeze when we should even sometimes attack when we should. Um, the, the, the important thing, is that this intellectual fear also leads us to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, you know, part of that means trusting the epidemiologists. Part of it means, you know, this is my 13th Sunday in a row or whatever the case. Um, this is me responding to my fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing the right thing, mm -hmm. even though I don't really feel it in my gut. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's an important lesson for people because I, I do think that what I've noticed so far, um, is that a lot of people are just the most themselves they've ever been. This is just exaggerating, you know, who, who we actually are, you know, the, the, um, the conspiracy people are, uh, are the most conspiratorial, you know, and, and, yeah. and paranoid that they've, that they've ever been. Um, the, um, I mean, I, I will say that I think religious people are starting to turn to science, but some of them are the most fanatical they've ever been. My, my, my friends like Peter, Peter McGraw, who's the, who's a, uh, uh, you know, um, an unstoppable optimist is uh -huh. the most like, how, how can I make the most out of this? Uh, situation and be yeah. anti-fragile and increase my business and, and, and <laughs> sell and, more books and sell more books. Let, and, let's give him a and, plug right now. So Pete uh, McGraw has got a new book out. I think it's called Shtick with Shtick Business. Shtick to Business, which Shtick I which I'm, I'm featured in. I have I have many um, many little anecdotes of myself over uh -huh. and over throughout the book. I have my own 
my own uh, little sections. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very cynical and can be somewhat pessimistic person, especially in terms of the human condition. And uh, it's something that I've been working on for, for about 10 years, something that studying uh, um, uh, science has actually made me a much more empathetic person in terms oh. of why people have the beliefs that they do and, and that sort of thing in terms of how they evolve. And, but this is, this is making my old self come up again. Yeah. And, and be as cynical as ever so so it, you know it's it's funny because it does it you know the the nervous people are the most nervous they've ever been the um uh, you know the the oblivious people are the most oblivious they've they've ever been and yeah. and so these I, are I, testable I, hypotheses and i'm writing them down right there right now so so the nervous people are more nervous so you think what the extroverted people are more extroverted well, that's it. You, you got me there. Well, no, I you're mean, because you're, you're being the most scientist you've ever been. Um, <laughs> I'm just... I'm not, that's not even a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, I would say that, uh, that um, extroverted people are certainly suffering the most um, right now. They're, they're probably feeling the most need to connect they ever have. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas, you know, introverts are, are probably handling this um, a little bit better. It's just what I've noticed in, in talking with people of just like, boy, that is, that is so, <laughs> so this person yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the same, the same friends of mine that are like, have never been conscientious about anything, um, you know, aren't, aren't being any more conscientious mm -hmm. now. Um, and, uh, that, uh, that's just a little observation that I've yeah. made. I would love for it to be tested. Well, um, I'm, I'm sure personality psychologists already are. Uh, yeah. so I will, I will look into this, uh, and, uh, and I'll let you know what the uh, ex have to say on it <laughs> that, that would be amazing I, I, I would love to be able to just come up with ideas like this to be like hey scientists get to, get to work on, <laughs> on, on studying my little curiosities yeah. um, so what what uh, I've been asking people uh, during these during these um, special um, pandemic related uh, episodes um, Let's let's just go ahead and assume that we're living in a world that all of the sudden um, this is the most in any of our lifetimes that the general public has taken an interest in science and yeah. maybe has a newfound respect for science wants wants to learn more. Where would yeah. you say? Um, what what do you have any tips for people that are that are just now finding themselves wanting to think scientifically, wanting to learn um, how how the scientific method works? Um, are just generally curious. Do you do you have any um, ideas for how people can get started? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're doing this great stuff. I'll give you a little plug here. I mean, it's just really neat. What if, if I can just get every every scientist to to uh, vouch for people listening to my podcast, I think the world would be a better place. That's right. Well, goes, I, I mean, here goes egocentrism. When you when you you know you do your uh, do the tour, you say um, you talk about how scientists are eager 
to share yeah. what we know and what you would just start emailing scientists and then be they'd reply like i got an email I, i'm gonna <laughs> reply to this guy uh yeah. yeah i rarely get those emails and when they come it's like oh someone cares yeah. um and and so so what you're doing is great and the more that scientists can find uh, an, an audience the better um but the problem is is that we're not trained to talk to people right we're not trained to talk to people we are trained to talk to each other and even that's hard enough because necessarily there's jargon there's got to be this really complex set of jargon that for you and and for me and another scientist to talk to each other and so the fact that we develop all this jargon makes it really tough for us to talk to other people um, and also the fact of the matter is that most of what we study is pretty boring. Um, so one thing I do, you know, I, 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 when, I, when I'm given a talk to undergraduates about my research, I say, um, okay, I'm going to ask you a question and I just want you to raise your hand. You know, if the answer is yes, raise your left hand. If the answer is no, raise your right hand. And then I say, uh, okay, can people feel happy and sad at the same time? And, you know, within three seconds, 90% of the left hands are up and 10% of the right hands are up. Uh, and then I say, well, that's really fascinating. The question that you just answered in three seconds, I've spent 20 years trying to answer, mm. right? And so that makes no sense. That, why would anyone do that when I already know the correct answer in three seconds? Um, and so then what I said is, well, you know, I, I get it. But, you know, it's also the case that, you know, your lifetime of experience tells you that the uh, sun revolves around the earth and not the other way around. You know, our intuition about the sun and the earth is wrong. Our intuition about the shape of the earth is wrong. And so sometimes it makes sense to actually really dig in and think about how can I think about this from a scientific perspective and how can I collect the data, right? Um, and so we spend our careers pursuing these tiny little questions and there are just untold thousands of us. Uh, I mean, just in psychology, well, no, there are untold numbers of of scientists around the world. And most of us are studying these little things that aren't going to have much of an effect on daily life ever. But some of us, some of us, not me right now, but some of us are studying things that people really need to know. You know, Nina Pfefferman, the, uh, the epidemiologist we talked about, she's doing a webinar uh, uh, next week, and I'm going to send you the link because everybody can sign up. Mm. Um, and, you yeah, know, she'll, she'll be on, um, even before that, she'll be on the, the podcast here. So okay. We'll that's, get to hear from her. Yeah, that's excellent. So, um, I don't know. This is a such a long-winded answer that I don't even remember what the question was. Um, How can people get into science more? Yeah. Um, um, it, it's. I think it's going to be as easy as ever. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of academics doing webinars. I think there's, you know, I, I often, um, my podcast is often sponsored by um, the Great Courses Plus program mm. that that puts yeah. a lot of lecture series up, but th and they're doing they're doing Corona stuff as well. But they have yeah. you know a ton of fantastic lectures about human behavioral biology yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't care if people use that. There's there's a zillion different. You you mentioned the Khan Institute earlier. There's there's a bunch of these different online um, courses right. platforms that that uh, people can go yeah. to and learn more and. They have the time to do it right now, 
and right. they're going to run low of Netflix programs pretty soon. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would think. Yeah, but so so Shane, you are the gateway drug. Everybody, <laughs> everybody just needs a couple of hits of Shane Moss, and <laughs> you know, then maybe you're ready for Khan Academy. Uh, I'm I'm taking that uh, I'm taking that um, I'm taking that quote and using it. By the way, you Um, uh, okay? I'll give it to you again. You are the gateway. (laughs) Everybody needs a couple of hits of Shane Moss. Um, that's uh, you. You know me so well. What a what a fun reference. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, as the other hat that I wear as a psychedelic advocate. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, well that is, um, I, I'm so happy that you found the time, um, to have a conversation with me it is as far as checking out your do you have any social media or anything like that that people can check out? <laughs> I, 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 I do Facebook. I'm of the age. Twitter baffles me. Uh, yeah. I actually tried tweeting, uh, uh, um, planet money on NPR because I have a question about economics for them and I think I failed. I don't know if it happened. Um, yeah. I might, I might hit you up and as maybe you can do it for me. I'm, I'm no Twitter expert either, but I'm, I'm starting to get back into it. Took yeah, about a three so, year hiatus. Um, so what is my Twitter handle? Let's see if I can figure it out. Uh, my, okay. uh, it does, if you don't use it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You won't, you won't get anything from following me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I did, can I, can I add one other thing? Like this podcast yeah. is probably like going to break. Uh, it's like over an hour long already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could, you could edit it. Right. So. That doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. So you're pretty optimistic that people are going to say, Hey, science, science, cool. Yeah. People have had about four centuries just of opportunities to say, hey, science, science is pretty cool. Um, but you go way back to the beginning and you see resistance. And I, it, I've, I've looked into this just a little bit, and it's not clear whether it's actually true or not. Um, but at least allegorically, um, Galileo took his uh, telescope to the Vatican. And, you know, Galileo was a very committed, faithful Catholic. Um, and of course, the, but, the, but the church wasn't a big fan of his right. telescope, right? Because it, it was revealing that there are these uh, moons that are revolving around, oh shoot, Jupiter or Saturn, I never remember. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know, the astronomers do. Uh, and, and, and what, I think the worldview there was that everything revolves around the earth. Mm-hmm. And so there can't be little planets, uh, moons revolving around these other planets. And so, so allegorically, he takes the, his telescope to them. Yeah. And says, look. And they said, no, we're not going to look. We don't want your evidence because Ptolemy already told us and Ptolemy was right. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's really what science is all about is it's yeah. like evidence. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, unfortunately, people. Um, I, I mean, I think that uh, the reason why people know um, Einstein uh, more than, say, the theory of relativity or general relativity, or you know, uh, even what e equals m c square actually means. I, I think that I think that uh, the reason why people know about Einstein is because of the bomb. <laughs> like. Yeah. It, it, and it was this is all during World War Two and everything where people people needed to care because they believed their lives uh, depended on it. 
Mm-hmm. And so, um, so this is like, a, uh, you know, this is one of those times where, where it's like, um, people are going to realize like, well, is, is evolution real or is creationist the right theory? Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if we believe in evolution, I guess we're right. Or, or, you know, it's one side or the other. These are just yeah. uh, one, one belief system or not, but there's, there's more to it. Knowing, knowing about evolution isn't just, um, isn't just about being correct. Um, it, it has a, a huge impact on our lives and understanding decisions uh, that mm-hmm. we make and understanding how viruses work. And mm-hmm. this, this might be the time where people start um, understanding that mm-hmm. not a lot of people, but if enough people do, and if you get two new people into science, and then mm-hmm. after that you get, four new people into science or mm-hmm. you know they they tell two people and then four people and then they each tell a person now eight people are into science exponential and then exponential people growth are into science. all right way to, way to bring it all back <laughs> um well jeff um I, uh, although although i am um sad that that uh we're talking under such dire circumstances i am at the same time happy that you were able to uh, join me here. There, that's all so. the research I ever needed to do over the past 20 years. Uh, <laughs> I could have just waited until this moment and I would have known <laughs> that people can, in fact, feel happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, but uh, I, um, I, I really, I love what you do. Thanks for, uh, thanks for helping explain exponential growth and, and also having a, a fun kind of all over the place conversation in a time where um here here's something without a linear trajectory it seems like everyone on earth is the most adhd that they've ever been <laughs> in their life whether they're the most focused person or not so uh, mm-hmm. uh, interesting time um for that uh but uh but anyway um thanks for having an all over the place conversation yeah. i thought all of these uh all these topics were really fascinating and i can't wait to explore them more in future episodes i hope uh-huh. you uh you take care of yourself and your family and i'm i'm hoping to uh see you in in uh in knoxville or knoxville yeah. again um, yeah i hope you get to go on I'm, tour again soon it's gonna be so, a little while a little yeah. while i think yeah. but Good oh, news hey. for people that are interested in digital content. I'll I'll be making a whole lot more right. more of All right. that. Stay safe, Shane. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. And talk uh, next episode.